Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Dr. Rambo. How are you? I'm doing really well, Dr. Mortensen. How are you? No, I know. I just like, uh, uh, I just uh, wanted to do something a little bit different today in our intro. Choosing the right horse feed. Now, this could be a, a, a good 15, 20-minute conversation like we want to keep it, or it could be a five-hour talk, right? Like this is this is something that, this is what you do day in, day out, talking to horse owners, but it, this is a long conversation or it should be, right? Oh, yeah. Now, to be fair, I only end up talking to the horse owners if they have a bonkers, weird question scenario, mm, mm, um, mm. but we have equine specialists. I mean, all their whole day, every day is talking to people. And you're right. We could spend 15 or 20 minutes with every single one of our listeners. Uh, but instead, I mean, we're going to talk about the big picture and hopefully just place some seeds in your head. Just get you thinking about, is the way I'm approaching it today the right way? Hopefully, yes. Do I need to be stressed about this? I know there's a lot of input, like a lot of different voices in your life, your trainer, your farrier, your friends, the other boarders who try this, try that. There's so much out there that I think can create a lot of noise. So maybe you'll listen to this podcast and realize, hey, what I'm doing is great. I just need to not worry about it. And then there there could be a lot of things in between as well. No, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, and um, just to put that out there in the beginning, you know, if you do have further questions after this discussion we have today, please feel free to contact the tribute team. And you can have this long discussion on your individual circumstances. So that it's a free consultation. Links in the show notes. Check it out. I know so many people that, that have gotten such great advice from, from the team. Okay. Now, broad overview on why horses need individual diets. And I, go, I always go back in this podcast to my days at Fresno, getting my master's degree and just chucking corn out there. <laughs> Those married scoops of corn, not even weighing it. Oh my goodness. Uh, but, you know, I, I, it's, things have changed so much. So today, broad overview, why are we feeding these horses based on their individual needs? Sure. I mean, what you've highlighted is 100% correct. They're individuals. Individuals such that they are different ages, different levels of exercise, different stages of production, if you will. Is it a growing horse? Is it a mature gelding who's doing a whole lot of nothing? Is it a pregnant mare? Do they have any health disorders? And just kind of like baseline differences, okay? So there's a lot of variability there, but I think even more important than that variability is recognizing how unique, one, some of the individual horses are. Like two thoroughbreds managed exactly the same might not be on the same feeding program even though they're the same age, doing the same level of work, et cetera, et cetera. And also appreciating that there's lots of different ways to meet those horses' individual needs based on your management and feeding system. So part of the reason that it's it's really a conversation is because there are all those little intricacies and it's not as easy as I have this type of horse doing this thing, what do I feed it? Mm -hmm. Because there's so much variability there. And there's also multiple ways to get to the right answer. And the right answer is the one that keeps your horse happy, healthy, performing at whatever job it does. I, I always emphasize, for me, the companion or the pasture horse is just as important to meet their needs as the high-level athlete. They just look different. So keeping your horse happy, healthy, performing whatever their job may be, 
also keeping things simple and economical to the extent, of course, horses can be as well. So there's a lot of different factors that go into picking the right feed for your horse. Now, it's a good explanation. Now, where do we start? So when we're looking at, so you have 10 horses. No, I know you have like four horses, right? Three, four horses, five, six, four seven. Horses. Four horses. More, okay. than, more than enough if you ask my husband. <laughs> so four horses. But, but you know, wh- when you're looking at them and if you're going to evaluate what you're feeding them, where do, where, where do you start or where would you tell an owner to start uh, to evaluate what they're feeding? Yeah, so uh, great question. I think where, you know, we oftentimes start with horse owners is getting a history. Where are we at today? What do we like, dislike? What are we worried about? And then we put together our program going forward. So main things I'm going to think about, um, let, let's say I, I've brought a new horse into my barn. I've just purchased it. One, kind of the basic stats, right? What is its age? What is its level of work? Does it have any known health conditions? And then I take a look and I say, you know, is there something, if I could wave my magic wand, that I want to fix about this horse? How is its body condition? The Henneke body condition scoring system, we've talked about it before. One emaciated, nine super fat, between four and six would be considered healthy. Where exactly they fall in that range depends on breed, discipline, et cetera. And then, you know, with the tribute wellness system, which we can link in the show notes, we also expand out to how does their muscling look? So specifically looking at their top line. And do they have any fatty deposits that might be indicators of metabolic conditions? So what I often ask people, is there anything you'd like to change about your horse? And they might say, you know what, it needs to gain weight. And I say, well, does it need to gain fat cover? So is it ribby or does it need to gain muscle? Because again, those are two different programs going in that direction. And then of course, I want to know to the best of our ability, right? And most times we have a pretty good idea. What's the horse eating today? And the reason for that is it's really hard for me to make an accurate recommendation if I don't understand what the inputs are today that resulted in the horse that we are looking at. So how much hay is it eating? Two flakes? Are your two flakes four pounds or are they 20 pounds? I don't know. Sometimes I might recommend we test the hay and we can talk about situations where that would be appropriate to get a really good idea of what the forage intake looks like. And then, of course, what are we feeding for a concentrate? And Chris, you can't tell me I feed a scoop. No, <laughs> I, I know, say, can, I know, I know. Can you, can you please describe your scoop? Because, y'all, I have had fascinating things as <laughs> the scoop. Um, and all of those scoops are fine. You can use whatever you want. I just need a concept of what it is that I can understand. When you say, oh, my God, he gets a scoop. Um, a scoop could anything be a, a cleaned out cat food tin, like think tuna fish, mm-hmm. uh, to your big three-quart scoop that you buy at the feed store and anything in between. So really where I start is with a good history of the horse uh, to the extent that we do understand that. And then what do we want to change? Why are we concerned? Sometimes my recommendation is to keep things the same. Like it doesn't necessarily have to change, but I need all of that information to make a good recommendation moving forward. So it is all good points. And yeah, the scoop. I, I trust me, I've, I've carried with that, with that with me for so many years. And I always use it as an example of how much has changed of feeding, you know, crimped corn to a bunch of brood bears to now weighing out 
what we're feeding, ensuring that what that scoop is. We, we, we know how much, you know, if we, if we use that three quart scoop, it equals so many pounds. Okay. But looking at that, what are some indicators that we're not quite feeding the right thing to the horse? What are some of the things that you're looking for? Yeah, think about things that might trigger you to worry about your horse and ask, mm-hmm. am I feeding the right thing? Uh, so certainly, you know, starting with that body condition score, is my horse underweight? So is it too thin? You know, am I seeing a lot of rib? Or is it losing weight when, I, when I'm not desiring it to lose weight? So maybe it's still within what we consider that healthy body condition score range between four and six, but the discipline that I'm doing, I really want them to have that like little extra condition for the show ring. And my horse is still looking healthy, but he's losing weight and I don't want him to. So that might be an indicator that we need to look at things. Conversely, my horse is overweight. The vet has told me he is so obese and he is at really high risk of developing things like insulin dysregulation because of his weight. What can we do? Or again, nothing has changed in my horse's gaining weight that I don't want him to gain. So maybe he's still within that normal range, but it's an event horse. And I really probably don't want him a body condition score of six because he's going out and galloping and it's some extra work on his joints and it's hard to keep his fitness where it needs to be when he's a body condition score of six versus a little leaner still within that normal range. So those are some things just looking at the horse. Energy is the only thing I can look at the horse and say, too much, too little. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely something that would make you say, should I evaluate my feeding program? Like we mentioned, is it fat cover, so body condition, or is it muscling? So maybe my horse's top line doesn't look the way I think it should relative that horse's age, level of work, confirmation, like all of those things. So do I need to address something to improve their ability to build muscle? That could be something that might indicate we should look at the feeding program. Certainly anytime there's been a major change. So maybe the horse still looks good, but you know what? He just got diagnosed with a suspensory Mm -hmm. strain and he's going on stall rest. So he's about to have a big life change and he was in pretty good work. So probably have to make changes there. Certainly we have a pregnant mare. So she was open. We bred her. Now she's gestating. We need to, you know, provide some extra support for that gestating fetus. So major life changes would be another time that, you know, maybe the diet you're on is fine, right? Maybe we need to adjust it to address those major signs that your feeding program isn't quite right. You're either feeding below the label minimum recommended rate. So Colmanese, for example, for your average horse who's really not doing much, minimum recommended feeding rate is four pounds per day. You say, ah, I'm only feeding two pounds. Well, it doesn't mean it's a bad feed. It just means we're not getting all the nutrients that a horse needs. So if you're feeding under the label recommended rate, we're going to have to take a look at things. Conversely, we've talked a ton about gut health on this mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. And and I know our listeners know like really big meal sizes, not super healthy for the digestive tract. So if you're, you know, average size horse, we'd like to keep that meal size five pounds or smaller. Well, <laughs> if five pounds is not doing the job and you're feeding six, seven, eight, well, that's another indicator that it's really not the right feed for your horse's situation. Uh, and then as I kind of mentioned on in our intro, you're like, wow, things have gotten complicated mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. expensive. 
you know, if, if you have to put together seven different things and feed four different supplements, you know, it's entirely possible that we just don't have the right base feed. And I say that it, I'm not anti-supplement, right? I, I, I feed some supplements. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely create supplements, um, mm-hmm. but I don't think that they should be used to, you know, provide foundational nutrition. And if you find you have to put every horse in the barn on a muscle supplement, a hub supplement, a coat supplement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, probably means that there's something going wrong in the base of the program. So all of those are times that you might say, these are some signs that things probably aren't going quite right. Now, I do want to point out some of those things might not be the seeding program, right? Like, is your horse losing weight because it has some undiagnosed health condition that we just don't know about yet? Was there a major change in management that you're just not aware of at your boarding barn? Those things happen. But I'd say in any of those situations, we might get to the end of it and realize, ooh, the the cause here wasn't that I chose the wrong feed for my horse's situation, but the situation changed. And here's how we now address the new situation. All sound advice. And and, and I know in in a 20-minute podcast, it's really hard to get down into, not into the weeds, but into the the grass, right? We really look... And two, because we don't want to talk about weeds. Uh, that was a good one. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? We drill down and, and really get into the nitty gritty of it. But, you know, if just look at some generalities. So if we're looking at our feeding program, obviously forage is, is our foundation. So looking at that and then looking at our, our bagged feed, what what are some things that like you, you did ma- mention some things that I was listening in there, like if you're feeding six, seven pounds, well, okay, that is the wrong feed. So what should they look for? Know, more dense energy dense feed or something like that so anyways the question is where do we start looking at hay and then looking at the bag feed sure so things have changed right like i'm not mm. happy with how my horse looks and i haven't foundationally changed anything so hay is something that's not near as consistent as we would love so one of those things that i'd recommend we do when we're kind of going into this analysis of your horse's diet let's figure out exactly how much hay they're eating you can get a fish scale from Walmart or like me, you can steal your husband's and actually use a bag or a hay net and weigh like how much hay is my horse actually being provided? And alternatively, how much of it are they actually eating? Because if you are feeding them 25 pounds of hay per day, we're saying in this scenario, they're not out on any pasture, um, but your hay is kind of stemmy and not that great. Don't worry. We've all been there. And they're leaving three quarters of it behind. Foundationally, sure, we probably do need to address your concentrate, but realizing that the root problem here is related to your hay. So I'd love to know how much hay is the horse actually eating? So what are we providing? What are they consuming? Depending on the situation, I might encourage you to do a hay analysis. So certainly uh, there are situations where I'm totally cool not doing a hay analysis, right? Mm -hmm. Look, touch, feel can tell you a lot about the general quality of hay, like we talked about in visual appraisal just a couple episodes ago. Uh, But if there are certain health conditions or things just aren't adding up, hay analysis can be really, really valuable information. So that is something that we would look at. And then when it comes to the concentrate, kind of your question comes back to, am I feeding a reasonable amount for my particular critter. And if I'm not, what direction do I need to go to get within a reasonable amount for that critter? So, you know, in the situation we're feeding six, seven, eight pounds, we probably need something more calorie dense. But 
part of the reason we do this deep dive is sometimes more fat is not the answer. If you're already feeding a high fat feed and we keep dumping more and more fat on it, we can actually make them less efficient at digesting their forage. Therefore, even though you've poured more total calories into the horse, the, the ones they actually absorb might be lower. So part of the reason we kind of go through all of those scenarios is to understand that, ah, okay, my hay's great and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But in that situation, I'm going to recommend you feed senior sport, which is high fat. It's 10% fat and also very high in digestible fiber rather than calm ultra, just 12% fat, a tick higher in calories. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee in that situation, that horse will do better long term on the senior sport, even though the calm ultra is a few more calories. So really understanding that total picture, which is why ultimately I said at the top of the podcast, it's really hard to just give one specific answer mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. your hard keeper might be on fantastic hay and just need more calories or it might be on great hay and it needs more calories but we mm-hmm. need to be a little bit more mindful of the exact composition of those calories but to you know my ultimate point though i want to know what the hay is i'm going to encourage you to figure out how much concentrate you're actually feeding as well uh when it's a tribute product I have a nice little chart that tells me how many pounds per quart, because I think it's a common misconception to think that one pound equals one quart of feed. And that's certainly true for some of them, but it's rarely true for all of them. Some of our pellets are very dense. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeding four pounds or four quarts of Calm Ultra and assume it's four pounds, it's quite a bit more dense. You might actually be feeding more like five pounds, six pounds. And on the lower end of the scale, probably not a big deal. But if you're on the top end of the scale, that could be impactful of how it interacts with gut health, which to that end, maybe we're going to get to the end of our discussion and I'm not going to suggest a change in feed. What we may pull out of this is that that horse is having a lot of digestive issues. So maybe we're going to change how we offer their hay, slow feed nuts. So it's in front of them longer. We might add a supplement like constant comfort. I might say, you know what, I think you really should talk to your vet because this sounds like more than something, a supplement, which is supportive can fix. All of those different things are kind of kind of go through our mind to understand whether or not we need to tweak that program and what direction we need to take it. So it brings me up to my to, to my final question I want to ask you today, because, uh, you know, putting thinking about this topic and, and I'm thinking, OK, two extremes are easy keepers are hard keepers, what are some generalities? You address some of it. Uh, you just address some of it, but but I'm, I'm curious, you know, to toss in the, the easy keepers. What are some generalities owners should be looking for in their diets? Sure. So certainly are we feeding the minimum label recommended rate? Because if we're not, it's not the appropriate feed for that easy keeper. But generally, I hate to make super broad recommendations mm. in the sense that your easy keeper and my easy keeper may not be the same thing. Well, actually, for me, I don't have an easy keeper in the sense that I have a specific horse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I own an easy keeper. But mm. I don't have a specific amount in mind because I have to ask that follow-up question. So if you came to me, Chris, and asked that question, you know, what do I feed my easy keeper? We're, we're at a trade show and you, you found me in the booth. The lazy answer would be essential K. Okay. Cause most easy keepers, quote unquote, that's probably the appropriate answer. But I, I'm going to dig a little bit because what a lot of people say is an easy keeper would be that horse who's maintaining their weight well on forage alone. 
and essential K would absolutely be the right answer. Uh, But sometimes if you're in a situation where you are used to feeding horses a lot, your easy keeper might be like, oh, well, he only gets one scoop instead of three. Mm. And in that situation, essential K may or may not be appropriate. Depends on what's in that scoop and how big that scoop is. So from that perspective, that's why we need to look at it. You know, we certainly have just these base recommendations. Great for easy keepers, great for moderate keepers, whatever. And that's a good starting point. But it kind of goes back to why it's so individual, because you might be chatting with a friend in the barn and they might say, oh, yeah, my horse is an easy keeper and this product's been perfect for them. In their situation might not mirror your situation in any way other than that both of you are using the term easy keeper, but you don't have the same understanding of it. Mm-hmm. But big, big picture, am I getting the nutrients that the easy keeper needs into them? Flip side, hard keeper. Usually we want to feed them something higher fat so it's more calorie dense to keep those meals smaller. So, you know, that discussion of should it be senior sports, should it be calm ultra, should it be something else is kind of the more nitty gritty that we dig into. But like plot twist, your easy keeper has a muscle disorder that it doesn't handle oxidative stress very well, mm-hmm. myofibular myopathy. Well, in that in that weird case, actually feeding it more fat would be counterproductive to actually supporting their overall health. Rarely, we actually bump up the calories a little bit more through fiber and non-structural carbohydrates than fat. So again, really hard to make that just one recommendation because there's so much variability, which is really cool about horses, right? Mm. It also makes life a little bit more complicated. <laughs> yes. But let's say we we we've talked about your horse. I say, I'll usually get to the end and I'll say a couple options for you. Mm. There's, there's not necessarily one way, but I'd love to know, uh, you know, I'm assuming we're a tribute customer already. I'd love to know what you already have in the barn. What feeds are you feeding? Now, if you're feeding every horse something different, I'll say, let's simplify in general, but you say, I have 10 horses and for those 10 horses, I have a little bit of variety, but I feed essential K and I feed calm and easy. And I have this one pregnant broodmare. Mm-hmm. And, and so I could say, let's bring in growth pellet for your pregnant broodmare. That is the feed that is marketed and designed specifically for the pregnant mare through her lactation and then for that growing foal. But I could also say, you know what? A combination of culminese and essential K, I can give you the same results as growth. So it is your preference. Is it mm-hmm. easier for you to bring in a third feed? Or is it easier for you to scoop two different things in a specific, you know, ratio that I tell you? Again, going back to what is the most important thing for me in developing my feeding program? Hitting the needs of that horse. Absolutely. But also making sure it's a program that's reasonable from a management standpoint for you as the horse owner who actually has to be out there doing it. Or your boarding barn or whatever, who is feeding the horse every day. I'm sitting here listening to you and, uh, and I'm so amazed. You're right. How much equine nutrition in the last couple of decades has changed. We're now it's like the start of it. You, they could be very complicated. Like you said, three different bags of feed, this horse, this horse, this horse, or now you can mix these two feeds and get the same result. Cause you're meeting all the nutrient needs of the horse. It's just incredible where we are today. You know, looking back, you know, like I said, scooping corn or, or just to no individuality of, of 30 broodmares. It was they all got the same feed every day and on pasture or we throw some alfalfa hay. 
And it, it just, it, it amazes me how things have changed so much. So again, if your head's spinning a little bit and you're like, oh, now I don't know what my feeding plan looks like, go to that link, contact us. It's worth a consultation. It's worth a phone call to, to say, this is what I'm feeding. What do you think? And get opinions. Or wherever you are in the world, you know, talk to an equine nutritionist and say, this is what I'm feeding my horse. What do you think? And uh, go from there. But yeah, all great advice, Nicole. Like, wow, yeah, that's that. I'm still, I'm still amazed after starting this podcast with you about how advanced equine nutrition is today. Yeah, it's really fun. And I think the big thing, like you've pointed out, it's a service that we we love to provide. Right? It, there's nothing more fulfilling than helping a horse owner help their horse. But I think the big takeaway here is you don't need to be alone. Right? You personally do not have to be an expert in every single part of your horse's care. You need to surround yourself with a team that can help you and guide you towards making those decisions best support your horse's care. And, you know, we love to be a part of that to help you. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, ran a little long today, but we knew this topic would. Thank you for listening. Thank you all for the five-star reviews on Spotify and iTunes. If you haven't done that, if you don't mind, And then again, check us out on social media, Tribute Equine Nutrition on Instagram and Facebook, or you can go to the website, tributeequinenutrition.com. Thank you so much, Nicole, and we have another great topic next week, so stay tuned. Thanks, Chris.